hello, hello. You are back with Jen and Kai for another episode of Tits and Teeth. And guess what? This is our 20th episode. Excuse you? What? What in the world did this happen? I have no idea, but we're here and I'm so excited. And let me just start by saying a huge thank you to our listeners. Thank you so much for sticking with us while we have all the laughs, all the drinks, and hopefully inspire you to kick more ass in this wonderful business. We're doing another little bonus episode for you guys this week. With every guest, we get so much wonderful content that we need to make sure we share every awesome word with you. So, you'll hear some extra 60-second questions with Lisa Horner. We'll discuss the Me Too movement with Stefan Dixon, Bodies After Babies with Heather McGuigan, and you'll hear some more words of wisdom from the wonderful Stephanie Graham. So let's get to it. You'll obviously hear the tops and tails of the week with Janet Kai. But first, here is that other set of 60-second questions with... Lisa Horner. It's time for 60 seconds with a godfather. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. Not 20, not 30, not 40, not 50. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. <laughs> okay, ready for, for 60 seconds with the for godfather? More round two, Lisa? I'm ready. Oh, she's so in. Okay, what's your favorite holiday movie? Oh my gosh. Can I say Sound of Music? Because I watch it every Christmas, and that was before DVDs, so you had one chance to watch it, and if you missed it, you were screwed. (laughs) That's why I got into musical theater, 100%. Just so that you could, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Oh my God, 100%. Kyla? Um, Have you ever pooped or almost pooped your pants on stage? Um, Yes, I have almost pooped my pants on stage, but I have not actually put my pants on stage. It fully hasn't come out. I understand. (laughs) And do you have an amazing, uh, like, glamour style headshot that you could send to us? Like an old not not like uh, your beautiful headshot from you know. (laughs) Okay, so one with the feather boa. Back, I don't have the glamour where like you went to the mall and they had the glamour shot place where you get glamour shots. But back in the day, in the early nineties. When you guys were two, or maybe not even born, um, the the headshots were super up close, Mm -hmm. like way in your face. And there was a really wonderful photographer named Nick Siflo, and he took a shot. And I had the biggest head of hair, like it was a I was a walking triangle. So that I got that shot. The higher the hair, the Uh, closer to God. And that's what they say, right? I was there. It was full late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Will you send that to us? I think I kept my resume in my hair when I went to audition. I pulled it out with that. (laughs) Your shoes are up there as well. (laughs) It's fine. It was tap. Oh, what a point! I don't dance, but anyway, perfect. I mean, that was that was two minutes. So we got. Sorry. (laughs) We love that. It's the tops and tails of the week with Jan and Kyla. Oh my God! It's Baby girl, give me your tops and tails. Real life tops and tails. Tops and tails are trips to the Cairo and physio and, and massage and all of the extra things that we have to do as a part of our jobs as dancers. And when the Cairo like. Just like popped my leg out the other day, <laughs> it was it was an event. <laughs> and then I went to rehearsal, and I didn't even realize how jammed up I was because I got in there, and he was like, "Yo, your legs aren't even the same height." And I was like, "Huh, I thought something felt weird." <laughs> anyway, then I went back into rehearsal, and I kicked with the same force that I normally kick, and I just 
smacked myself <laughs> in the head so hard. I'm like, Chris Elise always says, go for the shoulder, man. You go for the shoulder, you don't kick your face. Yeah. And, but I just didn't expect that that was going to happen. But it was because of my chiropractor. You put things in the right place and it just goes. Imagine our bodies working Imagine, so the way that they're ten, supposed to. So, <laughs> So tails is, you know, that sometimes you function without your body in full capacity. But the tops is the chiropractor. What a legend. Fucking legend. We are literally like our tops and tails are basically the same. My tail is also that I fucking rolled my ankle real good. Like, you know, at the moment I was like, oh, shit, that hurt. But then later it swelled and bruised and I was like oh and obviously like I didn't you know I don't know didn't want to make a big deal of it blah 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 and then just later during the show that night it got worse and finally afterwards talking to our director and choreographer I was like I was like could you notice and they were like that you had a club foot that one of your feet was so much bigger than the other yeah but I was like but not like performance arts they're like no but it was huge <laughs> the old club foot Kyla hey? like because uh, we have heels on the whole show and we have I like you know these strappy heels for a couple of things and just looking <laughs> down I was like cankles are so real right now just I kept like putting this the smaller foot in front of the other and then tops again tops as I went to you know physio on Monday and I was all worried about it and she was like because you're a dancer like there's not a lot of ligaments left to hurt in your ankle (laughs) so um you're good it's just you know you just got it real good I was like oh cool cool (laughs) i Compression. Compression. Yes. I she said something about I thought she was talking about you know how boxers um strengthen their hands by putting their hand in a in a uh a bucket of rice and then pulling it up and that's what I thought she meant. She's like, Yeah, rice. I was like, Oh, like a boxer, like you want me to put my foot in a box and she was <laughs> She's like Rest Ice compression elevation I was like so you don't want me to put my foot in a bucket of of rice okay I mean like I could if you wanted but okay I really would like you to do that it's so smart like I just need to you need to strengthen those little muscles I was like I might do it anyways that's good for climbing yeah that'd be good for aerial yes for aerial hold down to the silks it's so sad though just the older you get you're like I'm breaking all the little things well I once had a a, my chiropractor actually said to me it's not old age that isn't a thing he said it's just that the older you get the more that you kind of allow yourself to deal with so like you've had one little thing in your hamstring and so then your your hamstring is compensating for that so then you get another little thing but if you attend to all the things initially you can get older and not have any of those things because we're actually healthy and moving our bodies. I mean, who knows if it's true and real, but I believe in it. I, it helps me through the day. I believe that too. And Matt Alfano yesterday, he was we were just talking again about stuff and he goes, I believe always that once you hurt yourself and you do the right like physio and everything else that 
those joints and muscles and everything gets stronger after. And he's like, that's what I believe in. And that's what gets me through. And I was like, okay, I believe that that. too. Yeah. Positive mindset. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. yo. Yeah. Okay. So Kai, we're going to talk, we're going to hear from Stefan in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's kind of just talking about the times that we're in and the me too movement and everything like that. What do you think, bro? Do you think it's all made a difference? I think, I mean, I think it has made a difference. I think that people are more aware. People are talking about it. I do agree with the thing that people are more nervous um, to step out of line, which isn't a bad thing. Like, might as well be nervous rather than, you know, being overconfident and being like, I've never done anything wrong, you know, but um, people are being a little bit nervous about what they say and how they act and... You know, yes, yeah. the pendulum swung very far to the right, kind of thing. Yeah, and I agree that like it has to swing that far um, to the right then in order to, you know, eventually become even. I know it's interesting. There's so much stuff that's going on, obviously in Canadian theater, like even yeah. now, but and so it is still prevalent. But I think the Me Too movement has possibly brought that all to the forefront. It took an yeah. extra second. Yeah, it totally. It's on everybody's mind. Every theater needs to say the uh, not in our space, um, yeah. you know, little package that equity gives us now, which again, like, you know, it's like, oh, the wording and everything isn't the most beautiful thing in the world. But at least like, it's been said. Yeah, it's something then that's out there. And if you have those rules you know that you can't stray from those rules rather than it being this wishy-washy gray area that you don't know whether or not is appropriate or not so yeah I think some people it it's it's makes them nervous but hey at least they're thinking about it interesting times we live in yeah it's interesting because because it is all making a difference, but it's making a difference slowly. I mean, you know what I mean? Is anything overnight? Totally. Which brings me to this fun fact. Like, okay, great. Like, yes, me too. It's so important, obviously. And, um, you know, it, it is beginning to make a difference, but we've still got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, technology and the time, it's, it's all advancing. Mm-hmm. And I've just recently learned. Here's the new flasher on the subway. Ready? I don't think I am. <laughs> okay, so it may be before our time. The flasher on the subway was like he was in a coat. Yeah. And he literally flashed you and you saw his penis. And yeah. that was the flasher. Yeah. And he was exposed as well as you. <laughs> You're still the victim, but he was exposed. <laughs> the new flasher on the subway. You can airdrop porn onto other people's phones. On the subway. Oh, my God. I know. Ladies, turn your airdrop off. Contacts only. Contacts only. Oh, my goodness. Well, here's one thing. I hate that I have to do that. Yeah. Why should I have to turn my airdrop to contacts only because somebody wants to send me ball? (laughs) Anyway. And they're anonymous now. That's the other thing. At least the flashers in your face but you can turn like so that your phone doesn't say a name oh. and he can just send you on the fl- on the subway and you look around and it's someone who's close to you oh. and 
don't even know who he dislike. That is like, oh, yeah, that's. Cr- I was like, oh fuck, porn on your phone sent by somebody. But then, yeah, that's that creepy person next to you. Be like, he 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 he. So those new TTC campaigns on the subway are great. However, <laughs> they're still sending you porn on your phone. <laughs> still sexual harassment. <laughs> Okay, so let's hear from from Stefan on that about note. his thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> let's hear from Stefan about his thoughts on this as well, and just like his approach because he is somebody who is one who's wonderful in approaching women, and mm-hmm. you know he's worked with us both, and um, so it was important for us to hear about kind of his perspective on on this subject. And again, that's definitely a right to us. We all there's so much going on in the world. It is interesting times, and yeah. Yeah, let's give it a little bit of So, in this um, time right now, of late, like, making sure that women are safe in the environment and, like, not stepping on toes, and, like, you're always unbelievably respectful to all the ladies. You're Thank nothing you. but lovely. But that being said, do you still get a little nervous, um about your actions and the way that you um, interact with women in this Me Too movement and not in our space? Like, do you still really, do you really think about? Uh, Yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, I think it's, you know, I'm all about the conversations. Um, Keep the conversations open. Uh, You know, we've actually, the three of us have partnered each other at at one point in time and in shows and it's, but I'm always mm-hmm. the first to be like, okay, so tell me what you need uh, and I'll tell you what I need. Yes. And you oh know, just keep gosh. that, yeah, keep that communication going. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it's a whole I believe, thing with I believe, work. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And I, I believe that that's, uh, that's, that's regardless, that should be, should be there. Of but, course. um, in, in this, in this position or in, in, in this, uh, times as of late, Time. uh, I believe that, um, I am a little bit more aware, uh, there are, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more aware of, of being high. Like I'm going to, when we're doing this, this moment here and I'm, I'm just, is it okay if I just, you know, yeah, yeah. Hold you, uh, put my arm hands on your waist or grab your hand or, you know, yeah. and, and I'm doing this to both uh, men and women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, I mean, that's important yeah. too. I'm so glad that you said that yeah. because it's, it's both. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, cause sometimes <laughs> I'll pop in and be, be the be the girl in a partnering yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and I'll be like, I'm like, hey, can you? I'm just gonna take your hands. I'm gonna put them on my waist. Uh, you know, like, is that cool? <laughs> and it, it it's legit. Like, it, it for me at least, it takes two seconds, and um, you just you you bring that up, and then yeah. You know, you, but you those are, two yeah. seconds make people feel comfortable and empowered. And because you've made people feel comfortable and, and empowered in just a, a quick, easy way, yeah. it um, is, yeah, it's just really appreciated and it's cool. Yeah. Amazing. Go well, yeah, it. just have the conversations, like have the conversations and, and talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of treat people the way you would like to be treated. Uh, Jeepers. Yeah. Jeepers. I, 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 I am a goof and I like to laugh and I yeah. know I'm a, big humongous child and running around and like you know look at this this business i love it because i get to play dress up and make believe all day yeah uh yeah. so i want to have fun and play and and i want to play in a safe fun environment i just want to have fun yeah. yeah and so i treat people with that fun like that's how i approach it i'm like let's be fun and and i i yeah. i don't think being disrespectful is fun yeah and, and oh. um 
you know, I, I like, you know, I, we all joke and, and, and do I kind of things of, of you know, we, yeah. we, we go at each other in, but I think there's, there's definitely a time and place. And <laughs> I think, but I also think that, uh, keeping it fun and keeping it equal, Yeah. you know, like, so yeah. that, you know, you can like, like I said, have the conversation. Uh, know yep. that it's it's a safe spot you for mean us to be so able. that somebody can come to you and then you in turn as the choreographer are gonna yes. go to them and be like five six seven eight yes. but just so that they, yeah. It, yeah. yeah yeah and 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 trust me it, it I, I for me i just think everything looks better when everyone's comfortable and happy yeah <laughs> and, and safe and and that kind of stuff i think it just makes it way more of a, a memorable experience in a positive way mm-hmm. and trust me like positivity takes you way further. Like a positive experience sticks with you. Way- oh, well, oh, yeah. it, it takes you further takes you than further. a negative experience. You're on board as, yeah. a, as an actor, <laughs> as an actor, you're going to be on board either way. And you're, you're going to find your story and find your moments. But yeah, if you've had a really positive rehearsal experience as well, um, then I think that that is just going to further the relationships that you guys have on yes. stage. You'll get there eventually anyway, because we're all professionals and that's our job. But having a positive working environment fosters that from the beginning. And that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Hello, darling. Let's talk about, baby, let's talk Hello. about body language <laughs> yeah so so many things with <laughs> with like women and men in this business like everybody has pressure on them we heard from jesse Weefa. yeah um a couple weeks ago now being, yeah being dressed as an angel who was you know he was in a bikini and high heels and all of a sudden he was like i was eating iceberg lettuce oh my god i know actually he, he said we, his diet and i was like Bleh. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds awful. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Um, but it is there is an unbelievable amount of pressure on people about the way that they look. Bless. I think you should be happy with your body and no matter what your body says, you're gonna get hired as long as you're right for the job. But it's definitely about being comfortable <laughs> and yeah. comfortable for me at least, like yeah, you see your costume and you're like, Oh, Okay, I'm always, I'm full the person. I'm like, where are my tights going to go? <laughs> yeah. Where, where do you think my tights are going to go in this, in this? Or where's my mic, mic pack going to uh, go? Yeah, always a thing. Yeah. Always a thing. You're like, okay, okay. Who's going to see me in this and how long? And what do I have to do to feel confident? I guess confident is a better word than comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing and you're totally right. Like every size, shape, everything is beautiful. Like, um, and poor Nell said in hers, uh, like there's negative connotations with the word fat and we have to get rid of that and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, make that the new beautiful and everything, all of these things are very important, but there is just an unbelievable amount of pressure on people in this biz. And it reminds me of when we were on, cruise ships yeah yeah and i forgot we used to get weighed every week yeah i knew that happened there (laughs) yeah like just your weekly weigh-ins and stuff like that and people literally just the practice of that week to week people went insane Mm -hmm. because 
Of course, like, and the, so you would do a month of rehearsals, you would learn all your shows, and they're, they're basically cardio. Like, some people yeah. would vomit after the first couple of runs of the shows, because it was so much, like, get on, get off, quick change, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, after that month, where you're dancing every day for eight hours a day, and you're just doing cardio that whole time, you they would weigh you then. And then that became the weight that you'd have to maintain for the contract. It's A, it's gross, but B, it's not possible. Like, bro. Like, if I can eat iceberg lettuce all the time? Like, you know, yeah, you can't, like, sustain a life like that. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And so, um, and so people would just go crazy to try and maintain that weight. And it was so unhealthy. Oh, my goodness. Like, they were, uh, there would be breakdowns on weigh-in days. Some girls would go into Mexico and inject no, themselves no. with fat loss injections so that they could still live a life of, like, being a regular person oh, on the ship. No. It was, yeah, so sad. And it's just so crazy. And then when we went to um, a different cruise line, they stopped those weigh-ins because – they realized that they were sending more people home with eating disorders than they were. Like it really was just like making people sick. And it was a a crazy, crazy thing. I think sometimes, yeah, growing up dancing, it's, I don't know, it's talked about so much. Like you need to gymnastics a certain way. When I was a little kid, I must have been 10. Yeah. They weighed us then. Oh. For like, for gymnastics, for when you were in the elite squad. Yeah. So like, the high level competition, like little kids. And I remember they weighed us, but I didn't even think about what that meant. Yeah, no, you don't. No, it's it's insane. The rest upon you like that. (laughs) At like 10 years old, that's nuts. And then I remember pulling out, um, like mom just put snacks in and mom put sugar snacks in because she was like, she's going to be at training for so many hours. So mom would give me chocolates and things like that to like keep my energy up. I mean, and one of the other little girls said, no, 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 you can't show the coach that you can't show the coach that you have chocolate. You'll get in trouble. Oh God. (laughs) And that like, I've always remembered that because I was like, I guess that's weird. Yeah. I mean, my studio, my dance studio never weighed us. There was never that, but there was definitely ones that did. Can you imagine weighing the children now? No. That's insane. Like. (laughs) Anyway, I guess like the point of this conversation is that there's a crazy. Weighing your children. (laughs) Weighing your children. Past six, past, uh, what is it? Like their infant their infancy when they're trying to gain weight to make sure that they're healthy quit that (laughs) oh my goodness so it's just interesting how times have changed and how there was things for us that that I didn't even think about but of course then later in life like you realize oh that's fucked up (laughs) and so then it comes to women being pregnant and especially Mm. dancers in the ensemble and we're like ah my body I'm gonna lose my body yeah honey I think I think it's in there. That's like my number one fear. I am five one. There's nowhere to put a human. I will be the Michelin man. I mean, again, all the the women that we talk about recently having babies, and you see them and you now, and you're like, you're killing it. It's possible. It's possible. I get yeah. Put away the fears. Fucking figure. You it figure out. it out because we don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's all speculation. We're just about it. I got a raspy voice and I'm speculating till the cows come home right now. 
<laughs> well, let's hear from Heather. Yeah, let's hear from Heather. Get at it. Get at it. Somebody who's actually done it and is still looking like a million dollars. Let's hear from her and what she had to say about your body bouncing back after being pregnant and, you know, kind of alleviating all of our fears. Mom there's a pressure for aesthetics in, in theatre for men and women. Like the guys got to look good, the girls have got to look good, whatever. What about your body? Can we talk about it, please? Yep. Mm-hmm. So when I got pregnant, I was in training for a certain cancelled musical that involved soccer players. And <laughs> I was... My body was fucking banging, man. I worked so hard... I had all of the abs. My mm-hmm. legs were amazing. I was the lightest, mm-hmm. you know, weight I had ever been. But, like, I felt awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I was pregnant. And I can't lie that a little bit of me was like, fuck. <laughs> but this was so hard to get. And what if I never see this again and I didn't even get to have it in a show photo? Like, so... <laughs> Um, it is no, a real, <laughs> it's a real Surreal. thing. So I gained 35 pounds, um, for my pregnancy and it's just what it was. I think I stayed really, really healthy. Um, but I ate, you know, lots. You just did. Um, it's what happens and it's what your, it's what your body is going to do. Um, it's been four months. I will say I'm still not at all happy with how I look. Um, and that's the truth of it. You will see people who will be like, but you look so freaking good. dude." No, I know that. But like, but you, our patience level in this business is very short. You know, you want to think like, okay, great. I've taken off the spring. Therefore I want to be right back for winter shows. And like, you think you're worried. What if I get a dance call tomorrow and I show up and like everybody looks and goes, Oh, it didn't bounce back. Like that's a terrifying thing. Um, you know, and especially with the C-section, I, like I literally cut, you know, the front of my body open. And so um, I did receive one of the questions on Instagram, which was how are my abs after a C-section? Yeah. yeah they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. The top ones are coming in. The bottom ones are going to take a little more time. Um, yeah. And that is, that is the truth. It's a scary thing. We don't have a lot of time. Time no. is money, time is career, time is shows, time is, you know, disappearing from the scene and, and being out of the loop. Um, there's no way to get around it. And I would advise anybody who is getting pregnant to not stress about it because your body has to do what it's going to do. Has to. And it just will. They create a human. <laughs> no matter what you want, no matter what your yeah. view or what your plan is, mm-hmm. in terms of weight gain, in terms of coming back, your body and your baby are going to take what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And otherwise, oh, you better work, bitch. I work out <laughs> every day right now. And I work out, you know, when I pick him up, you know, in the air and go, woo, you're flying. Like I do five more just because, you know, I get a nice little push up. And, you know, when I'm having tummy, like tummy time for him is plank time for me. Those, yeah. That's yeah. just kind of how I go. And I've, I've built those things in because you don't get hours at the gym um, to work no, your way no. back. 
Um, It's a slow process. It's something I'm finding frustrating for myself because I'm not patient. Um, (laughs) But it does come back. I will say, however, though, my hair looks fantastic and my boobs are off the fucking charts. So that's fast. Yeah. And your skin, too. Your skin looks amazing. That's a, is that all those mummy hormones? I think so. Yeah, it's fucking cool. I think bro. it. I think I think that happened. That's nice. <laughs> you look beautiful. Yeah, that's, I guess that's that mom glow, right? It's all that prenatal stuff. <laughs> well, thank you for talking to our like listeners about that stuff. I know that that is. Um, it's... Thank you for talking to me about that stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and, and we want to hear from more moms too. Like, write to us all because like. Every experience is different, right? And there's been women before us, there'll be women after us, and and all we're doing is just like telling our fucking story and and seeing, you know. I have, yeah. Bringing it to people's ears, and then then they can can decide what they want to decide, right? Yep. This experience has honestly, in some ways, not been any different than building a musical theater career. You have an idea of how it's going to go, it doesn't go that way. Sometimes one day you do your piece and everything goes really well, you do the same piece the next next day doesn't work sometimes I cuddle James one way and the next day he's like nope that's not working for me so you just have to go day by day but you have the privilege um and the joy of building and catering a life a full complete human dramatic human frustrating glorious joyful joyful is the number one life you can't. It's happening. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. Very inspiring. Okay, fun. Now we're going to throw it over to director-choreographer Stephanie Graham. In her episode, we included a section of this conversation about the growth of Canadian musical theatre and female leadership. But because she's so wonderful and so intelligent and such an amazing leader, we really wanted to get the entire conversation to your earbuds. So without further ado, here is the incomparable Stephanie Graham. Enjoy. Where do you see Canadian musical theater going in the future? And like, what do you, what do we think we're lacking and how can we fill those voids? Mm. Fill those gaps? Well, I guess where I don't know where if I know where it's going, but I hope, I hope we can start to see some of these, you know, Canadian musicals that are being developed onto our stages a bit more. Um, But again, you know, Musicals are usually programmed in a season, in a regional season, to sell subscriptions or to be the Christmas show. I mean, you know, we were always laughing, like everybody's working at Christmas and then in the spring so they can sell those subscriptions, mm-hmm. you know, because musicals are, are way more expensive to produce, obviously, than, yeah. um, than a play. Yeah. Um, so I hope we can start to see a few more Canadian musicals taking those places. Um, yeah. I think last year, Kelly Nestruck wrote in the Globe and Mail that, you know, Life After won the Dora, and Leigh Belser won, I think, in Edmonton. I think that's Sterling's. Mm-hmm. And then there was three Canadian mus- musicals that won Best Musical. And that's really exciting. So hoping mm-hmm. that more of these Canadian musicals can get produced. But I don't know. I've always had this conversation. It's like, how do we get the Canadian public to care about Canadian stories or Canadian artists? Because, you know, we have such unless they've made it somewhere else it's sort of we as a culture don't celebrate that as much Mm -hmm. um so you know even with like the drowsy chaperone it had to go to new york before it could come back and be success and and even come from away Mm -hmm. 
you know, if some regional had programmed that before it went to New York, I don't, it's hard to know if people would be on, on, on board as much. I don't know. But that's always been a question. It's like, you know, I mean, it goes through all our entertainment. People want to watch HBO. They don't necessarily want to watch CBC shows, even though we have these incredible shows like Schitt's Creek and Kim's Convenience and that, you know, we're, people don't start watching until there's success somewhere else. So I, I don't know how we change Canadian culture in that way. And that's what I've always wrestled with. It's like, how do we do that? How do we make sure that a Canadian musical that comes onto our stages are just as popular as what's been a hit on Broadway? Right. Yeah. I mean, so do you think that it's more expensive to produce a Canadian musical, like to bring a musical up from nothing as opposed to a, a kind of stock musical? Or I guess one it that depends already- if, if you're paying for development, you know, right. if, if you're just producing it. Um, Mm -hmm. that's something different, something that's been licensed versus if you're doing developmental workshops and all those kinds of things, of course, there's tons of costs associated with that. Yeah, absolutely. Because of course you're developing. So you have, you know, music supervisors and that you're paying in addition, you're not just licensing a show from MTI. So is it just producers taking risks and, and understanding that people would potentially be interested in that? And if I built put it in my season, people would come. Is that what you... Yeah, I, I think that's scary as an artistic director to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know certain theaters, of course, you know, they, they had to have like one blockbuster uh, per season to make sure that the season floated. Um, but, you know, then all the funding gets taken away um, from the Canada Council or, you know, various mm-hmm. provincial arts councils. So all of a sudden they have to have two or three that are going to bank the whole season so they can take the risk on the world premiere play or they can take the risk on, you know, a, a new playwright. So it's it's really tough. I, I, I don't envy artistic right. directors in making those choices. It's really hard. It's yeah. the same. It is with TV when like or movies or anything where all of the, all of these discussions are coming up about how everyone is enjoying like the diversity and everything that they're finally seeing on screens, but people weren't taking those risks because they didn't know if they would pay off. It, it is like somebody has to have the maybe the fine something the, to be able to say, okay, let's try this. If yeah. the loss happens, it happens. But it is like producers seeing what works and obviously seeing what works and what's going to keep your company afloat, keep everything happening is is tempting to lay in that pocket rather than trying to push the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, you want to make sure those audiences are coming back. So mm-hmm. and it's it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. You know, if they don't like one show, are they going to cancel their subscription? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, we especially the regional system in Canada, we're so dependent on subscriptions. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you... I didn't realize that. Yeah, definitely. That. Definitely. And um, so I think, I, yeah, I don't envy artistic directors and the choices they make. It's really hard. It's a hard job. Yeah, really. yeah. And I guess that's why something like Come From so- Away, having such a huge success internationally, really helps us and really helps kind of... Um, you know, it's in the face of, of producers and artistic directors that this here's a huge success. So maybe possibly if you do take a risk, it looks like 
what if it could be the next come from away yeah. and that yeah that's oh my gosh yeah the success of come from away is really it feels like a moment like in this mm-hmm. last year when yeah. it was nominated for a tony last year it, i mean people were like waking up going whoa what's happening what's happening and yeah. you know people in the general public like my neighbors in toronto who are not theater goers were like oh we heard about this show come from way and i was like blah, 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 you know having all these <laughs> conversations with them and but again they're going to so take fantastic. a risk and maybe go see life after or you know musical stage is doing a lot of new stuff with Britta Johnson's work so Dr. Silver right now mm-hmm. you know they're gonna maybe take a risk and go like oh we have Canadian writers in the city and we're super excited about them yeah uh, so you know people are gonna take a risk possibly or um Corey Payette's Children of God that was touring the country you know that mm, yeah. people are gonna actually maybe take a risk on seeing and that sounds crazy but you know a Canadian musical it, it yeah. and it does it is it is sometimes a risk like if you don't have a lot of disposable income, it is a risk to like, okay, I'm going to put all this money down on a show. And I, I do like, I understand that like difficulty if you don't have the means necessarily, but you want to be exposed to the culture and, and the shows and everything. And you do, you really do need to think about your decisions on what tickets you buy. Well, and, and Netflix, uh, Netflix is so excited. Like, I mean, honestly, yes. how do you get people to leave their house sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know. Less Netflix. And I, I think, you know, Canada isn't necessarily a theater-going culture. It, again, it's fairly new. No, Stratford, it's really not. Stratford um, has only been around since the 50s. That's pretty new in theatrical history. Mm-hmm. So, and Stratford really was the beginning. Um, so it, uh, yeah, I, I, it, I, again, I don't, it's, it's a hard job to try and get people away from Netflix. Well, the the thing about um, Canada, like Toronto or Canada, not necessarily like people don't come to Canada to come like you go to New York to see a Broadway show. Like when you're in New York, you will see that. But I noticed right away that like as you got off the plane, when you do that in New York or Vegas, it's already in your face, like so much advertising for whatever show was on. And I didn't get that when I landed in Toronto so as a tourist you're like hmm now what do I do and we have such an incredible theater scene like there's so much theater happening in Toronto like you could never I mean God love Derek Chua he tries but you could never see every single show that's happening you know in the city in Toronto like it's there's so much incredible work in happening in storefronts and indie theaters and some of our more established yeah. theaters like it's just it's so thrilling but yeah I, I know I think there's it's just something getting that to, to, to uh, like people not to from people. Toronto yeah yeah because so people I coming think, into town and saying what's the fun thing to do in this town yeah, because Sorry, you go to a baseball game, you go see the CN Tower, and yeah. then you're like, okay, what do I do now? And unless there's like a poster right in front of you yeah, to say, you know? well, Mervish is playing this, how do you actually know? And it's not we're, it's not so in your face just as an outsider coming in. I've noticed that. Yeah. And, but I don't know how, how we change that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, T.O. Tix is trying to make sure that people are aware of more things in Dundas Square. Oh, cool. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember my mom saying that. She's like, oh, you always know what's happening. <laughs> there's so much going on that I didn't know about. And I said, yeah, mom, like there's, you could, again, pick, and you could go out every single night of the week in Toronto and see different yeah. theater and you would never see everything. Well, here's her thought. If you guys have like different things going on in the city or whatever, write to us. And let us know, and we will shout you out, and yeah. and we'll do anything that we can to make sure that it's out there so that people know, and then you can share it and spread the word, and and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, like I don't know. 
So do you have any advice specifically for women? Yes. I think um, knowing that you can lead in your own way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of women, especially who've come before us, who have Mm -hmm. paved the way for us, have had to take on more a masculine style um, just to get in the room. Fit the mold. Um, Yep. And I think I, I had this amazing... Uh, leadership conference that I went to last year in the Berkshires and and that was one of the roundtable discussions was like what does female leadership mean and do you know we had an amazing amazing discussion with like 15 of us um, at a small table and you know knowing that your style can be your style I've been told I cry too much I've been told you know um, you have to be more focused you have you know you have to be um more aggressive and I you know again I think we as females need to know that we can lead in our own way you do you you do you (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then we're gonna and then we're gonna we're gonna say that you're such a lovely lady but then we're gonna sing this song yes can't wait (laughs) I'm ready for it we're gonna see if we can do it together ready three two one bitches up bitches You guys, you should probably know that for every time we get that song right for you, there are at least five outtakes of it going wrong. So we're going to sign you off properly with Jesse Weaver. Love you guys. High five, six, seven, eight. Bitches are lit, titties out. Turkeys and eyes. I like turkeys in the Turkey's in the oven. Turkey's in the oven. Turkey's done, bitches. You have to do it again. Five, six, seven. Bitches are lit. Titties out. Turkey's done. Guys, 20 episodes. What? Thank you so much for coming on this awesome journey with us. We so appreciate and love you guys, our amazing listeners and friends. We hope you enjoyed this awesome throwback to some of our fierce and fabulous guests with their input on some of these loaded subjects. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us. You can find us on Instagram at Tits and Teeth Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Teeth Tits. And you can visit our website, titsandteethpodcast.com. We love hearing from you guys. And above all, keep your tits up and your teeth out this week because we love you. Have a great one, mate. <laughs> <laughs>